0: Utah Jazz defense so far has been suspect six games to rectify it. We'll talk about it coming up next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How right, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Today's show, we're going to look at some of the defensive struggles Utah is having right now to open up this season. Some of the playing pair combinations after just four games and looking at that, plus we'll look at some late game watches, Lakers, Orlando, and how did the Spurs pull off that game last night against the Phoenix Suns, those are the two late game watches I have for you. Some Plus some other notes that I can't remember if I shared with you or if they're old from watching them over the weekend. So a bunch of late game watch stuff as well. I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps, including youtube so thanks very much and if you're in the youtube section please enjoy the conversation and comments thank you for making locked on jazz your first listen of the day and thank you to the everydayers. if you're wondering about the cool bucket hat if you're watching matt lund over crown trophy sent me a care package he knows that i love my little bucket hats and he sent me three bucket hats one of them's gonna have to be sent to lincoln nebraska because my daughter wants one but this is my new locked on Gilligan bucket hat. I'm pretty fired up about it, so it's it's on for the show today. Woohoo! I bet you my staff's going to be jealous when I see this one. Uh, all right, so we're not so good defensively quite yet. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a scuffle and a struggle for us um, defensively at this point in the season. Uh, we are ranking, so far defensively in the NBA, we rank 29th. Um, now let's before we jump off any bridges or get too concerned about this. Um, we're ranked 29th having played, you know, arguably four of the best offensive teams in the NBA. Um, and our next six games are not against. So, right now, the Clippers are the seventh best team, Denver's the eighth best team, Sacramento was the best team in all of the NBA a year ago offensively, they're ninth right now. Um, and Phoenix, probably due to some of their injuries, they're 14th. So we've played really, really good offensive teams. Our next set of games are tonight against Memphis, who comes in 26th offensively. Then we play Orlando, who in this Laker game, boy, do they play hard, and I thought they looked really good in this game. But in Orlando, comes in 22nd defensively. Then we go on the road after those two games, to Minnesota, who comes in at 23rd offensively. Then we go to Chicago, who comes in at 25th. And then we play Indiana, who's really good. Indiana, I think, is number one in the NBA. Number two. And then back to Memphis. So five of our next six games are against teams that in the opening part of the season are scuffling offensively. So I wouldn't – we are having defensive struggles. Some of the numbers are daunting. But the reason I'm sharing them today is because they're going to skew us for a little while, just because it's four games, and at the end of this trip it'll be 10. It'll still be 40% of our data. And by frankly, what's interesting is by the 10th game of the year, we'll have played five games against top 10 offenses and five games against bottom 10 offenses and nothing in the middle. So we may find out a little bit of of where we sit. Um, And the reason I'm sharing these numbers today is because of the fact that I think it's worth kind of, okay, if we start to get a little bit better as the season – goes on remember the opening start was so bad that it's gonna skew us so right now we're 29th in the league defending drives only Miami is worse um we are 28th in the league defending handoffs the Rockets and the Heat are worse Washington by the way is the only defensive team that's worse than us Milwaukee who was supposed to be, who's this vaunted defense all of last year? Adds Dame Lillard is now 28th in the league defensively. Kind of interesting. Um, we're 28th in the league defending isolations. Uh, the Bulls and the Bucks are worse. And the one that jumps out is we're last in the league defending the pick and roll right now. Now, the reason this jumps out to me is we don't run a lot of pick and roll. And there always seems to be somewhat of a correlation between those teams that, for example, the Sacramento Kings don't run much pick and roll. They're a terrible pick and roll defensive team because they're running handoffs all practice and all they see is handoffs. That seems to actually happen a lot. So this one jumps out at me a little bit because we don't play a lot of pick and roll. And we're actually considerably worse than anyone else in the NBA. We're allowing about 1.23 points per pick and roll. And the next is the Wizards at 109. And then the Grizzlies tonight at 107. Super interesting game. Both teams are really, really struggling with the pick and roll. Neither teams run a lot of picks. The Grizzlies are 28th in the league defending the pick and roll, but they're 23rd in the league at running pick and roll. We don't, we're don't. we usually about 26, 27th in the league in the pick and roll. Worth watching tonight whether or not both teams kind of suddenly try to run more pick and roll than they traditionally do to try to take advantage of the other team. So what's, I dug into the numbers a little bit on our pick and roll defense, and it's universal. So depending on kind of where you do your search and how many picks the bigs is, both Kelly and Walker. So Kelly and Walker are kind of our two bigs that get caught in the pick and roll and Lowry. And last year, Walker was one of the best and Lowry was one of the best. And Kelly's never been particularly good at this. He takes charges, but he's not vertically. They're all not very good right now. None of them are very good right now. Um, Kelly's like the worst in the league. If you, depending where you do your search. And if he's not, then Lowry actually gets worse than him and Walker's right there with him. So, And I I couldn't figure out going back through the games whether there was like one night where one team's pick and roll caused us the most problems. Um, And so that it's really, you know, with four games, it's really skewed. What I think's, you know, worth, again, the reason I bring this up today is our next six games are what's really important. So we're struggling defensively. I'm not particularly worried about it considering that we've played Sacramento, that we've played Phoenix, that we've played... um, whoever else we've played are all elite Denver um, we've played elite elite and the Clippers we've played elite offensive teams so far and so to me that's the issue now let's see what happens as we kind of get into this a little bit and see like the teams that we're playing coming up are not particularly good at this or as good at this can we do we tighten the screws and does Will who's been very very good at adjustments throughout his time with the Jazz suddenly kind of run it down right so chicago runs the most picks right now of anyone in the nba well that's one of our opponents coming up that'll be super interesting to see the teams we've played so far this year are not particularly heavy dosage pick and roll teams the kings are 24th in the league denver's 23rd the clippers are 21st phoenix is 16th so they're all bottom half so they kind of pick their spots they find their guy they exploit you a little bit let's find a team that's you know pick and roll centric and see how we do orlando tomorrow night is the eighth highest pick and roll team in the NBA. If they torch us, like, oh, shoot, let's, like, that's disconcerting. Um, Chicago, as I mentioned, runs the most pick and rolls right now in the league at 70. If you're wondering, like, the, oh, that's actually not true. Somehow that came They're the third most at 76. Charlotte runs the most, then Dallas. Um, Orlando's 13th. 64 is kind of the middle of the pack. Pick and rolls um allowed or pick and rolls per game. You can't really dictate whether you you can, like allowed is the wrong word. So 64 pick and rolls by an offensive team a game is the middle of the pack for how many pick and rolls um you're going to allow. We have been interestingly pick and rolled the least of any team in the NBA so far this year at just 48 a game. And so we're not defending it well, but it's like okay, there's only been 48 a game. Like it's a super low number. Teams are clearly picking a spot in a matchup and exploiting it. Um, so again, let's let's keep an eye on it and see what happens when and that's a crazy low number, that 48, because the Warriors are next at 56, the Clippers are at 57, Dallas is at 58. Like that's a weird, weird number that we're that we're that low. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. But that that was kind of one of the things defensively. The other one I look at about us defensively, there's there's two goals. Will Hardy said it the other day about our defense. One is to deny the rim, and the other is to deny the corner three. And then on the above-the-break three, at this point in the league, you start to begin to kind of let that go. Um, but those are the kind of where you want to go. And something interesting is happening with this, as happened last year, you'll recall. We talked about this, and it's happening again. If you deny the rim, you have to allow threes. So Milwaukee right now is number one at denying the rim with Brooke Lopez. They're 16th in allowing threes. Golden State is second in denying the rim. They're 13th in allowing threes. Sacramento is the only team in the NBA right now who's third in the league in denying in the rim, who's 10th in the league in the threes. who's in the top ten of both. But here's the next sequence. New Orleans is fourth, 26th in threes allowed. Memphis is fifth, 29th in threes allowed. Boston is sixth, 23rd in threes allowed. Washington is seventh, 30th in threes allowed. Clippers are actually pretty good at it. They're beast, eighth in the league. Well, they were 12th in threes. And then Utah is ninth allowed at the rim and 25th in the league in threes. There really is a game right now going on. that If you decide you're going to deny the rim, unless you're super special, you end up allowing threes. And maybe you actually willingly. Denying the corner three, we're not doing a great job of that. We're 20th in the league at denying the corner three. Um, So we would like to get better at denying the corner three. But here's what's interesting. The three teams that are best in the league at denying the corner three, Philadelphia, Detroit, and Indiana – are in rim defense, 27th, 28th, and 30th. Memphis is doing a great job. Memphis is the best in the NBA, along with Milwaukee. They're fifth best defending the rim and third best at defending corner threes. And Milwaukee's number one in the league at defending the rim and number five in the league defending corner threes. So it can be done. But it's interesting, right? The three best teams that are defending corner threes are giving up the rim. And the team's... The majority of teams are defending the rim are giving up the overall three a great deal. So we're ninth in the league at defending the rim. We'd probably like to in that just taking shots away, like the amount of shots that are taken at the rim. We're the ninth best um, is what I'm talking about. we would probably like to be a little better than that. And then we're 20th in the league at denying the corner three. We'd probably like to be a little better than that. Um, And so from there, what can we do in regards to defense at the rim? We're, Right now we're actually 29th in the league. Teams when teams get to the rim, they're scoring on us. So the next stage we've got to start defending the rim a little bit. We're somehow, somehow kind of unnatural, by the way. I'm not, I think this will skew back. We've allowed 79% of shots at the rim to go in. The league average is 65. I, I think you're getting unlucky. Our short, our long two numbers, teams are shooting 53% on long twos. The league average is is. 42 we've talked about this over the years if you're an everydayer like that variance comes in it just can't last there so um and teams are shooting corner three numbers at 47 percent against us which will get to 36 so this is a little bit where i'm just not that worried quite yet because these numbers are so skewed and so wacky and now we play six games against teams that are not elite offensively and let's see what we do defensively all right let's take a look at playing pairs and some of that again i think some of this is a little bit early for this um and our defensive numbers are bad and so this kind of crazy shooting kind of skews all of them um but it's what it's really truly it's what we have today's show is brought to you by murdoch hyundai excuse me by murdoch chevy located in woods cross also located in logan murdoch chevy's been around murdoch's been around for over 80 years giving you the best customer service they can imagine no regrets is how they like to say it and then when you think about the chevy the 2024 motor trend suv of the year is the blazer ev How about that? Congratulations! The Motor Trend SUV of the Year, the 2024, is the Blazer SUV, and it is absolute. And it's the Blazer EV, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Check it out. Available inventory is at the Woods Cross store and at the Logan store. As the um, Blazer is is kind of it's kicking butt. It's gorgeous. I, I told you the story, we were in Hawaii, and I was like, what is that? Oh, that's a Chevy Blazer. Like, that's, it's almost like, yeah, you're right. Uh, the Tahoe and the Suburban, you know well, the Trailblazer, the Blazer, all there, absolutely beautiful. The Chevy Blazer, brand new 2024, is coming in at about 43.8. They also have a 2023 one, so if you're looking to try to see what you can do there, get a little bit lower price on that, um, you can. The details uh, are at the shop. If you're going to stop by, please email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com and let us help you out. Today's show is brought to you in part by FanDuel. The excitement of FanDuel and the sports book is all out there for you. It is the NFL season, the beginning of the NBA season. You can get on the sports book. You can play tonight. If you want to, you can look at what the NBA lines are, the World Series. If you had the Rangers to start the year, man, are you rolling right now? And only if you're a Ranger fan. Jazz uh, tonight are a one-and-a-half point favorite over the 0-4 Grizzlies, so we should have a super good one. Over-under is 225. On that one, uh, interesting is Denver, two and a half point favorite in Minnesota tonight. So it's kind of early. You can see where the Vegas odds thinks things are. Celtics are an 11 and a half point favorite over Indiana. You can get involved with all of those over at FanDuel Plus. Here's your special deal today. You record now, or rec- right now, you don't record now. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with a $5 money line bet. That's right, 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NBA and NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Thanks again to Matt London Crown Trophy for my little bucket hat. I got other device. I got cops. He sent me a massive care package. I haven't even taken the tag off. See? I just got it last night, totally fired up. Uh yes, thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. Um All right. Jazz Plus, you can watch the game tonight. You can listen on the radio if you're a serious XM listener. Every hometown broadcast is on Sirius XM. So if you get Sirius XM and you have a Alexa or Google, you just tell it to play Utah Jazz basketball on Sirius XM, and it'll play throughout your house on the smart speaker. Also, you can get the Utah Jazz broadcast on Sirius XM. All NBA broadcasts are there for you, so make sure you grab that. All right, playing pairs. I don't love this. I gotta be honest. I know there's been some talk about it. I kind of think the internet's driving me here. Um, I probably shouldn't be. It's just so screwy. So. I mean, there's some things to keep, again, 10 games. We're going to do a big show on the 10th game, end of that road trip, come back from Memphis. That Monday show, we'll have 10 games worth of data, five against good offensive teams, five against bad, five against really good teams, five against kind of average teams. We'll know something after 10 games. Right now, the only thing that I think is really newsworthy and noteworthy four games into the season is how dependent we are on Lowry marketing. So when Lowry's on the floor, we're 11 points better offensively and 13 points better per 100 possessions defensively. And the way I thought we were going to win games this year was that our starters would try to hang tight. And then our bench and our depth would be good enough that as a game went on and everybody else got thinner and we got deeper, that we made inroads. That's that's what I thought was going to happen. That is not what has happened thus far. Um and and that would be kind of the one thing that I would kind of throw out there is like, okay, like that's that's how we're going to win games. We don't we don't have enough marquee talent to go beat you know, the Denver Nuggets or someone like that in with our starters, like their starters are better. Um, Memphis tonight's a little different. They're missing two center, they're missing five primary guys. They're missing two starters and both their centers. And I always, anytime you're missing two guys in a position. So tonight, our starters should be able to make some inroads. Chicago, our starters are probably not as good as DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic, but we can get close as the night goes on. So that's how I thought we were going to win games. Our starters are negative, but when Lowry's leaving the floor, we're really struggling. Um, that's part of the reasons why Will has made a change with how he's using Lowry. Lowry's gone to three stints. So instead of playing two elongated stints, he's playing three shorter stints per half. I think it's to keep him on the floor with more different combinations, and so we don't end up in that problem. Um, so that's the first That's the first one that jumped out to me. Um, the second one that jumped out at me is our starters' are, lineup is not doing well. Um, which is not surprising to me. It's a little worse than I would have anticipated. It's minus, We're minus 12, okay? So, like, these n- minus numbers sound horrific, but we're minus 12. So, like, and we're in the third percentile defensively. So, like, just some of these numbers, you're like, okay, well, we're just not, like, we're not there yet. Um, new team put together against really good opponents to start the year. So, we're minus 12. Our starters are minus 21. And our second group, which was when Sexton and Kelly O comes in, is minus 17, So, and then when we start to get what I think is our bench units, which is like Ochai's in, now it's Colin, Jordan, Ochai, you've got kind of your two two starters in there with Collins and Clarkson, we're minus 24. So none of those have clicked yet. Um, Which kind of goes back to my point of like where I thought we would be. Um, We have been, again, small sample size, let's be careful. Walker, John, and Lowry have struggled. That's the starting lineup. Kelly O, John Collins, and Lowry have actually been okay. So that might give us a little insight into something, that group. Now, it's also shooting unusually well and has a 42% offensive rebounding rate in 52 possessions. So let's like be really careful on like what we're deciding here. But Kelly, John, and Lowry have been good together. Walker and John and Kelly or Walker, John and Lowry have struggled together. Also depends who you're playing. Um, so that's a little note there. Um, however, the minute you pull Lowry out of that lineup and you suddenly put Kelly Olenek and John Collins on the floor and Lowry's off the floor. It's not been very many possessions. It's only been 80 possessions. We're minus 40. So that's where like we're just super Lowry dependent right now. Uh with Walker or Kelly at the center, we're both kind of in the same park. We're minus 13 on one, minus 12 on the other. Defense is 22.7 on one and 121.5 on the other. So there's not a lot of takeaway. It does mean that Walker is not having the defensive impact yet this year that he had a year ago. Um, where, you know, we're really particularly good with Walker on the floor against pick and roll, particularly, you know, the pick and roll thing is going to be interesting. Such a small sample size, such bad numbers. So let's let that play out and see what we find again over the next six or seven games. So really setting this conversation up without a, like I always try to give you like at the end of a stat rundown, like a comment that's like, okay, here's what you can take with you. My comment to here's what you can take with you today is like. Okay, these are ugly. Four great offensive teams. Let's this is great to know. Before I jump off any cliffs or bridges or get too worried about it, let let me look at it. Let's look at it in 10 days. I really kind of am setting this up to look at it again in 10 days. Um because I think that's going to tell us something. Um and if we're still having, you know, major pick and roll problems or we're still having some of these kind of things and that's right? Then that would be, that would be a little unnerving, frankly. Um, you know, we'll have to see uh, what what happens there. And if Walker hasn't had a defensive impact yet, right? So there, there's all these like things to look at, um, but they're, they're not there. And we talked about it, like teams are not getting to the rim against us a great deal, but when they are getting to the rim, they're finishing at an alarmingly high rate. So that's the synopsis of kind of where we are. And I think you'd be Lying with data, if you like went to the office today and said, I heard Locke say this, and therefore, I, I just don't have a therefore on the backside of any of this quite yet. I think you'd be telling the truth. It's like, oh, wow, I listened to Locke today, and the da- our defense has really been bad. It's going to be interesting to see whether it can get any better in the next six games when we play teams that are in the bottom tw- 10 offensively. Right? That, that's, and if it doesn't, then, then we've got concern. Like, that would be my comment to that. It's like if it doesn't get better, then we've got some real concern. Okay, uh, let's go do some late game watching as we continue. Today's show, by the way, is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel. This episode, make every moment more. Right now, new customers get a hundred dollars and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any five dollar money line bet. One hundred and fifty dollars if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon to get started. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. Are you jealous? Are you jealous about the bucket hat? All right, late game watching. I I hate to tell you this. I don't remember when the last time we did this is. And so I'm trying to – I have a ton of notes, and I'm wondering, like, if I bore you. So let me go backwards. I'm going to go backwards, and then hopefully I don't – Spurs-Suns last night. Uh, Stunning win by the Spurs. They ripped the ball out of Kevin Durant's hands with one second left in the game. Uh, and take it for a layup when the Spurs basically have the game. Um, interesting. Spurs put Keldon Johnson on Kevin Durant, not Jeremy Sohan, so they thought he was the best answer. Super interesting in both the Houston double overtime, oh Houston overtime game, and the game last night with like they are running Wemby in the post as a go-to play. Uh, Wemby's having a hard time off the dribble right now. He's just too long and not always balanced, but otherwise he's incredible. Uh, the Houston game. I don't know if we've talked about it, but literally I watched it and then made Ron watch it on the plane with thorough kind of paying attention uh, because it was simply so remarkable. I mean, so remarkable. Um, He is game changing. I've gotten a ton of texts from people around the league who are like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's truly, truly, truly game changing uh, to what's taking place with him right now. And uh, they don't have any idea how to use him. Their teammates don't have any idea what he is right now. They don't have any idea what they're doing. Uh, entirely in how to use it and when they figure it out it's going to be incredible spurs are much watch tv as much as that breaks my heart to say and uh wemby is is all of it like it is totally real and there it's um pretty incredible um phoenix doesn't throw any passes phoenix throws about 215 passes a game and they just don't throw passes they run an offensive set just to get to a rant isolation and then he just goes isa um victor's rim Gravity is as real as anything I've ever seen. Like when he runs the floor to the rim, the defense has to flatten out and prod with multiple guys. It's really, it's really truly remarkable. All right. Uh, 30th was Orlando Lakers. Orlando plays really hard. I, I don't know. They should have won this game. They were up by five. Lakers won it late. Um, they should be really concerned about Paula Boncaro. He's shooting 38% from the field and 22% from three. And this is now like a 60 game stretch where this has gone on. Cause it happened at the end of last year too. Um, he was like the rookie of the year for the first month of actions. Uh Jalen Suggs plays so hard. He crashes from the sides, he grabs loose balls, there's a rebound on the ground, there were three guys on the ground, there were two Lakers and Suggs and Suggs came out with it. It was a play late where Suggs is involved like he he's not I don't know if he's shooting it yet, um but he he really plays awfully hard. He is shooting 41% and 30% from 3. Um Orlando does not have guys making shots yet is really their biggest problem. They ran a Wagner uh, Paula Boncaro pick and roll Wagner shooting 38% from the field and 33% from three. Like they're just not, their guys are not making shots yet. Markel Fultz is in real control of that team right now, which is interesting. And he was going at Austin Reeves to such a level that the Lakers did not close with Austin Reeves the other, last night or two nights ago. thought that was noteworthy. They closed with LeBron, D'Angelo Russell, Torian Prince, Anthony Davis and Christian Wood closing with Christian Wood's a problem. Not like the smartest late game clutch player um, for them there. Magic closed with Fultz, Harris, Wagner, Boncaro, and Wendell Carter. Um, And then Suggs came in for Harris. Um, Magic should have won this game. LeBron hits a prayer three. Lakers aren't running much late. LeBron literally pounded the ball for 24 seconds and took a prayer. Anthony Davis is just making muscle plays late. They run like a false pick and roll at the top. Um wasn't anything really impressive to what was going on there. Um Lakers was interesting to watch this like magic had an intention. That was Austin Reeves for a long time. Um let's see what I've got. 20 October 27th I'm, I I missed the 20, 28th. and 29th I don't know if we had any games. I'm I'm behind on some. Um that's the Wemby San Antonio Houston game it was totally unreal. I mean like totally totally unreal. Um some cool plays by the Spurs. I think we've talked about this game. Um, the Spurs went after Alfred Shingun on like every single play. And then Houston runs everything through Alfred and Shingun. So really interesting. Houston runs everything through Alfred and Shingun. Their offense with under Umeodoka Odoka is through Alfred and Shingun in the post. Um, multiple pick, pick and rolls with Collins and Wemby together. And then San Antonio ran a really cool play where it's a stagger up at the top. You run when Collins first, Wemby second, and then the stagger runs down to the baseline with Wemby trailing Collins picks his guy. And suddenly the point guard who started on the play, he's now guarding Wemby and has him at the rim and is in dead. So that was a super interesting play that they ran. Um, I thought Zach Collins looked good. I can't tell if it's just because he was playing against Alfred Chingun or whether Zach Collins played good because Alfred Chingun is not great defensively Cleveland, Oklahoma city. Um, Cleveland ran a neat little play where they go to the post to Mobley. And then Donovan comes for a handoff, but he's coming to the baseline side. So he catches on the baseline. He hits a little 15-footer on the baseline. It's for a two, but it was pretty neat. Um, tough shot, but he made it. It was neat. Um, there's some other neat stuff. Cleveland's running some interesting stuff. JB's added some interesting stuff. They don't look right. And there's murmurs around the league that Cleveland's not quite right. Last night wasn't a good night for them. They got blown out by the Knicks. One hundred nine ninety one. Garland didn't play. And Allen didn't play. You're missing two starters. I'll give you a pass. But there's just keep an eye on it. Like there's, I had them as the number one seed in the w- East. And when I bring this up to people, there's kind of a feeling of like, eh, not sure that thing's totally holding together right now. So we'll keep an eye on it. Um, the game I watched, uh, they put Lavert on Shea as their best defensive player, which means Lavert has to be on the floor, and he's so inefficient offensively. So that's an interesting one. Um, you know, they have, Max Strus has been great with all of his cutting and they've added Niang for shooting, but if they have to rely on Levert as their best defensive player, then that means it's not Okoro. That means they're probably not able to play Niang or Strus down the stretch. So that gets interesting on how this whole roster is going to play together on whether or not Cleveland's roster actually works, um, as they want it to. All right. That is locked on jazz today. Uh, I'm behind on some late game watches. I'll have to catch up. I'm not sure when, but it's hard to keep track of every single late game there was nice they didn't have any for two nights i thought i was gonna catch up and i didn't have a great one i'm david lock jazz grizzlies tonight follow me on all my socials at dlock09 tiktok instagram youtube is locked on jazz twitter and um snap at dlock09 and we'll have various reports for you throughout the day have a great one talk to you soon.